to the next episode of the IOIT podcast. I'm here with James Brett hey, and everyone. Edward Gordon. Hey, how's everyone doing? Good, good. Sorry about the sound quality. This is an episode on the move for me. I am driving on my way back from work, so might be a little distracted with the driving. Well, not distracted driving. I'll be only distracted by the driving. But it does segue well into what we're going to be talking about this week and it is self-driving cars yeah i wish i had one of those right now and i can just sit in the back talk to you guys actually look at you guys and you know record this podcast but instead i had to focus on the road which you should always practice safe driving yes and hands-free driving yep yes hands-free driving well from the sense that you aren't, you know, having to hold a phone up to your ear or you no know, texting and driving. These are all issues that cause many accidents through time. But if we have self-driving cars, we could all do those things and not have to worry about it. Exactly. So it seems like everyone is working on a self-driving car. You know, obviously the biggest ones you hear about are Google, Tesla. Uber is working on a self-driving car. You have Chinese companies. The big Chinese companies are working on the self-driving cars. Right, but it's not just them. Manufacturers are starting to implementing these self-driving cars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ford has a new division inside of Ford that does self-driving. So when people talk about self-driving, what are they talking about? Are everyone talking about the same thing? Is there a standard that everyone accepts that this is a self-driving car? There actually is. And I believe that the U.S. Department of Transportation National Highway Traffic Safety Administration actually does define the different levels of autonomous driving. They have five different levels, where five being the greatest level of full autonomy and zero being none at all. Level zero is... The human controls all of it. Steering, braking, and throttle power, everything that has been up till now before we even started talking about driver-assisted vehicles. Then we have level one, which is driver assistance, which means that most functions are controlled by the driver, steering and accelerating. But you can use a cruise control in the old cars, not when you talk. When you think about cruise control nowadays, Everyone thinks about the Tesla's cruise control steering your lanes, but level one is more like it will maintain your speed. Yeah, um, like in my Toyota 2001 right. Toyota Camry. Where you can hit the cruise control button and it'll keep it at 65 miles an hour or whatever the speed limit is at, on the road that you're on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Edward, do you have this up? Do you want to explain some other levels? Yeah, so as you were saying, Jim, Level zero is nothing. Level one, hands-on is how I've seen it, where you have to be able to to keep going. Level two, we'll jump into the next one, is where an automated system can take full control of the vehicle. So think if you have one of the vehicles where you're driving and you get too close and you start with the beeps and eventually the onboard computer hits the brakes to stop you that's the level two where the automated system can fully take control of it i I believe yes that's that's what i'm seeing so 
the driver can have their hands off the steering wheel and the foot off the pedal at the same time. But in that level two, it says the driver must be alert and always ready to take control of the vehicle. So we can think of Tesla systems where you click it on and you get to ride, but then occasionally you have to make sure that you are able to take control of it because it's not truly automated in the full sense. It's just partially automated. Right. And in certain conditions, dirt roads, for instance, this level two is, does not cover dirt roads and things that are not standard environments with yeah. lines and other indicators telling you where you need to drive. So it sounds like we're at level two right now. That is how most of the car companies right now are classified as right now. The 2019 Teslas are considered that. The 2019, I think BMW is also doing that. And there's Cadillac and I think Toyota even has one. And the, the Chevrolet, I think most car companies now have at least one model. Tesla's is standard, but has one model that you can even upgrade to to get that level two control. Interesting. So what's level three? And that's, I'm assuming that's the next thing that's going to hit the market. That was the goal, I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the level three is the beginning to get to where we feel the consumer as being ideal because you can start doing other tasks and not have to be constantly prepared to look and to take over. I mean, you can't just disappear. They can't take away the steering wheel because you do still have to have the ability to jump in. But the majority of the time, the vehicle is what, what's necessary. Interesting. So before we start going into the details of self-driving cars, how do you guys feel about them? One thing I found interesting is that there was a study that was done, I believe it was Ford who did it, that they were building a self-driving car. And they were trying to see how people felt about a self-driving car. And they left the steering wheel in. And more times than not, the human that was supposed to be the passenger, that was supposed to be the emergency, just-in-case human driver sitting behind the wheel because they left the wheel in, they more often than not would take over for the car before the car felt it was necessary. So the human driver would always freak out for a, a colloquial term and would think that the car wasn't going to be able to fully control or make the right decision in time. So they had to take out the steering wheel so that people could not worry. Right, and I saw the same thing where they said Ford is attempting to jump straight from level two to level four because they want people to stop messing with it. They said that going from two to three is mindset change where you don't necessarily need to interact. Even if you think you do, it will take it and intervene if necessary. And it's not required to monitor the situation at all. And so they're saying that's weird for drivers. They want to go straight from level two to level four. Level four is designed to perform all safety critical 
driving functions and monitor roadway conditions for an entire trip. Meaning you get in your car and you drive to the next place. There is one caveat though, that it's within the operational design domain of the vehicle, meaning that they could put an asterisk next to it saying level four only for city streets and highway streets not meant for backcountry roads or something like that, where the lines are not painted well or just not maintained well. So they could say for 90% of the roads out there, they're fine. I don't know what percentage it actually is. They'll be able to just do, and you will not, you can get in your car, go to sleep, and you'll wake up at your destination. Yeah. And I think it'll be very interesting because you could look at it and say, what is going to be the easiest thing to design for? I mean, from an engineering perspective, the reason that we can have the lane assist and the automatic braking on highways is because they're very regular. That's why, that's how they were designed. They were designed to have curves every certain amount of intervals. They were designed to be very straight in some places. And they have a a lot of assumptions can be made when it comes down to the conditions of the road. Whereas you don't get that in a lot of other circumstances. So I think it'll be interesting if you could have it where you wanted to go to a different city and you could hop in and go and almost it's like a new transportation system. I don't think that that will be the case because I don't think that people necessarily will want to give up their car just to go to a new city you can do that with a plane or a train or a bus. I don't know that people want to do it inside of a, just a single car, but it will be interesting to see because as you said, there is certain geofencing of a certain percentage of routes that have to be partially designed for, but that is the aspect of automation is that it should be able to also partially figure it out itself. Right. And of course, level five means that it is better than a human driver or it is the same as a human driver. It can do every scenario. It can drive anywhere that a human could, which is not probably in the near future. I'm seeing level four is in the next five to 10 years is definitely being something that is standard almost. Almost. I mean, maybe that's not necessarily correct. (laughs) And Sharon, you had asked us how we feel about it. And to be perfectly honest, I like the idea of it, but I also really enjoy driving. I'll go for a Sunday drive where I take my Jeep and it's a manual so I get to really feel like I'm really controlling the vehicle and drive on a backcountry road up in Vermont here. And it's just two, two and a half hour drive is just beautiful up here. And I absolutely love it. And I think we're going to lose some of that in uh, later on when we're just looking at, you're not looking at the road. You're not looking at things around you. You're I mean, honestly, people's faces will be buried in their phones when their cars can just take them where they need to go. So I feel like we're going to lose some. I think it's coming, and I don't think that there's any way to stop it. And I'm not averse to change, but it makes me a little sad that I think that's going to be going away. Yeah, I would agree in some aspects. I like driving under certain situations. I uh, don't like driving in rush hour. I think most people can agree with that but there is something really wonderful about being able to go on a drive and not necessarily be heading anywhere might not be an experience that a lot of people have had 
I think in some places it maybe is more common than in others. You typically would probably have to have a more rural area. I'm from Tennessee originally, and we have a lot of rural backcountry roads to be able to drive on and relax and not worry too much. But I think it is a wonderful step in the right direction. Overall, it will provide safety. There will be less distracted driving. As much as I don't want to talk about this, but there is a lot of drunk driving that, yes, it's been cut down a lot. People still do it. The fully automated car, you can tell the car to take you to the bar, drink a little bit, and get in your car and not be at the wheel. So, I mean, that there is a lot of safety aspects that I agree with. Back in the, the old days, you know, you could just jump on your horse and fall asleep, and the horse would know to take you home. So we're getting back to that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't know how many people would stay on the horse, but, you know. Hey, uh, if you tied yourself together, right, you'll be fine. <laughs> Always put your seatbelt on. So what do you think of it, Shreon? I think it will help in productivity because, you know, I have 45 minutes to an hour drive each way. And during that time, if I can do my emails or get started on work at 7 a.m., and already be productive, and then leave work at 4 a.m. and still continue to finish up my emails before I get home. Wow, Shreem, you're going to work a 21-hour day? 7 a.m. to 4 a.m.? Did I say 4 a.m.? I meant 4 p.m. Some days it feels like 4 a.m. That's fair. But so from that aspect of it, and also I, I drive on 695 a lot, and it seems like there's a crash every day, every few miles. And self-driving cars have to be better than people, right? I mean, level four should be, yeah. I'm not saying level two or three is, but I would definitely say level four will be. And again, I think five to ten years. I mean, with how technology is going nowadays. So a lot of the cars previously had purchased auto braking systems from these companies that make them, that make brake systems and things. So you'd have a vehicle that would have, I can't think of any ABS company's names off the top of my head right now, but purchase a brake system and put that in their car. Nowadays, there are actually chip manufacturers that are making chips for this technology itself, which I thought was really cool. It's not even an aspect that I thought about. I thought that, oh, Elon Musk and Tesla and Toyota are going to be making these chips themselves. But that's not true. These companies are making the chips and the Teslas and the Toyotas and the BMWs and the car manufacturers are using that chipset, but actually implementing their own software. So that's something I never thought about is all these new startups that are starting that are trying to make down at the chip level, microchip level of Self-driving vehicle. So I thought that was pretty interesting in my research that I found that. I didn't even think about that. That's not something that I ever thought about. So I thought that was really cool. You're getting a whole new industry from these self-driving cars. Yeah. I never thought about that. I've always thought about, I do think it'll be a wonderful economic engine in many ways because you can create, in my opinion, a new infrastructure, a new uh, system of public transit in a sense, where you can, right, we said Uber's working on it. And I think Tesla just made an announcement as well that they are interested in it for a taxi service. I believe 
GM and Ford have also been trialing specific routes to be able to shuttle their employees from place to place in self-driving cars. And it will become, in my opinion, a really amazing opportunity and industry that now you can just call a car in the same way that you do your Uber and your Lyft, but now you don't have a person in it. And yeah. You don't have to worry about what might happen with your interaction with that person or how that person is as a driver if they stay focused, if they don't. And it will reduce cost. Reduce the number of cars on the road itself because get together with people that maybe go to work at different times of the day and basically be like, all right, I'm going to do my commute from 7 to 7.30. The car will drive to your house at 7.45, take you to work at 7.45. And do that schedule where it can drive around on its own. So you don't even three or four buddies get together, purchase one vehicle, split up the timing, and there you go. Especially in a city, I can, can't imagine how much that would reduce the amount of traffic on the roads. Yeah, and I could see, I wouldn't be surprised if it even grows into a luxury component where in if you look at... The uh, Dubai Airlines, where they have individual suites that you can rent. Right. You can have a suite inside the plane. I can fully imagine that you can order a car that's compartmentalized, and you climb in, and you have your own little compartment. You don't have to interact with anybody else. You're just literally on this shuttling system where you have your own unique space, and you don't have to share but you are sharing so you get a personalized space but the reduction of congestion on the roads because now you're able to carry six people or ten people or two people it's it's definitely going to be an industry change i can see that probably not in my lifetime but in the future driving your own vehicle will become you'll need a very very specialized license almost illegal on highways they're gonna have to be like go-kart tracks now out and you have tracks real car tracks all over the country those are going to become i think that's going to become another industry too i want to go for a drive this weekend i know that i have to go to the track or area that's roped off from the public that i can go drive my own vehicle it's going to become a novelty like riding your own horse kind of thing everybody had a horse back in the day now Having a horse is a luxury. Yeah. I think that in a hundred years it'll it'll be like that. I think it's actually gonna get outlawed to drive your own vehicle. I I would even say I think it'll happen faster than a hundred years. Maybe not All right. I hope it's in a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that in the next five to ten years, I think there will be cities that could begin implementing where maybe during certain periods of time where you have to pay a tax, right? There's the emission taxes in some cities in Europe. I can see there being a tax just to drive on the road, more so than there already is. I mean, there's already taxes for, for yeah. driving. But I could see it where cities start to say you can't drive inside the city between these hours in a non-self-driving car. I think that within 20 yeah. years, it's very likely that some large metropolitan areas, you'll have to park outside if you want to go into the city. Or just hit the automated button if you have that vehicle that has that option. Yeah. Sure, um, like you said, you're driving a 2001 vehicle. That's almost 20 years old. So in 20 years, when you have, again, an older vehicle, you won't be able to drive in the city. 
because I know that you are a very conscientious driver, but still. You're not as good as a computer? <laughs> <laughs> Just with the driving part. Yes, of course, you're not. Of course. But... Sounds like there's like a lot of things to look forward to. And I'm certainly excited to be able to podcast from a self-driving car. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to create a car with a studio. Once we're the biggest podcast on the internet, we can have our own mobile self-driving studio for, uh, for recording. I think that's all we have for this week for IOIT Podcast. I'm Jim Brent. I'm Edward Gordon. And I'm muted. Talk to you guys all <laughs> next week. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Bye.